Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. So, we watched Tiger Claws, but more importantly, we watched Tiger Claws 2. Tiger Claws 2 is really boring for the first two acts, and then the third act happens, and uh, I'm pretty excited to get to that. (laughs) The the entire movie you wish you were watching happens in about 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of montages. (laughs) It is. You know, I do really appreciate that they understand that what you actually want to watch is Tiger Claws 1, so they just show you half of it in this movie. Yeah. Is it is it worth waiting for to get there? No, but also yes. Disagree. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. Disagree with both. Yeah. Only takes two. <laughs> right. So Parker, do we have any news? Well, I know you're dealing with the loss of uh, Michelle Nichols, who, uh, by the way, I thought it was Michelle up until the third announcement I read of like, why are they saying her name wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Your restraint is appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But I just wanted to cheer you up and know it's like, you know, we've lost a lot of people this year. But don't worry, we're gaining someone new. Because Ben Affleck is coming back as Batman. Chris, your thoughts in a movie I will make you see. What movie is this? Aquaman 2, the second. Another one. The one's ever really gone. Except for Amber Heard, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) How did that news make you feel on this terrible, dreary night? I well the thing is like Batman wasn't my problem with uh, Justice League uh, and Ben Affleck I guess wasn't they just gonna are they just gonna digitally put Ben Affleck Batman over Amber Heard no they're gonna digitally put they're gonna digitally put Tignataro in the bat suit over there, so I would incredible run for Ben Affleck marrying J Lo in surprise and be like oh awesome Batman again. Incredible month for my dude. Ben Affleck falling asleep on that yacht is <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, everything just worked out for him. Maybe we're living inside of his dream. Which, uh, hey, let's keep that going. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, if that's all, then uh, let's get to our jerks of the week. I will go first. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. So my jerk of the week is Daniel Jones for <laughs> pegging a football at Alex. I thought that was really. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, I was really asking for it. I was just shaking my ass around like like IR baboon. Look how fucking stupid I am. We'll get to that. Uh, I mean, you know, what was he going to do, you know? (laughs) Your tricks of the week. Uh, My jerk of the Uh, week is the cowards at the No Fun League for taking away Kyler's you have to actually study clause in his contract. (laughs) (laughs) Absolute bitch move. What did your dad think of that? Uh, he had some thoughts about how uh, instead of playing games, you should take your studies more seriously. You know, that's, that, a, that's a conversation that was, I've had many times in my that, life. That actually was fun for me to be able to ask someone else that. Yeah, We're, isn't it great? Yeah, do you see why right. we do it so much? This is great. <laughs> well, uh, sorry for this then, Chris, but uh, my jerk of the week is the U.S. government for not letting Donald Trump give himself the Congressional Medal of Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> your dad's thoughts. Was it was it Medal of Freedom or was it Medal of Honor? I, I skimmed through the thing. Uh, man, I don't know what the difference is, so I... And he certainly yes, doesn't, I, so. I, th- I thought it was Medal of Honor, and I'm if, if it was Medal of Honor, my dad is going to deny that he ever actually said that, and if I bring up the video, he would say it was just a joke, which... But, uh, you know what? Uh, give it to him. He's earned it. <laughs> I agree. I, I have to say that, otherwise I don't get the inheritance, medals. okay? I need this. Chris, what are you going to do with one-third of a locker full of guns? <laughs> say, what are you inheriting? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry, alternate. You want to go into any more detail on that, or uh, whatever is needed? Okay, so <laughs> so what? Your dad wasn't big in the crypto market. <laughs> no, actually, okay. So actually, my dad. Uh, we were talking about crypto because uh, I was. Fuck like, yes, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for shooting that shot. <laughs> so so a couple years ago, uh, back when. Um, uh, NFT started getting in there. My dad was telling me about investing advice, and it's this is always the time where I'm like trying to hang up the phone. And he's like, "So the thing about non fungible tokens, don't get into them. It's a huge mistake. Don't do it." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. All right, I, I'm not going to do it." And uh, I was like, "I'm telling you, though, because they're not fungible." And I'm like, "All right, fine, whatever." And, <laughs> of course, yeah. the fungibility. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Or, or some shit, I don't know, whatever. And, like, I hung up two years passes, and I was at Cajinius with them getting a, a beer before, or 12, before trivia started. And uh, I, I kind of mentioned Bitcoin, like, as a punchline to something. I was like, oh, that guy's probably into Bitcoin. Or something. And he was like, yeah, you know, Bitcoin is whatever, it's a passing fad. I, I put $500 into it, didn't really go anywhere, so I, you know, pulled it out. And I was like... Threw away five hundred dollars on Bitcoin. I was like, well, I had it. I was like, you could have donated that to the Chris Field Foundation. So uh, being old's gonna rule. I can't I, wait to have money to throw away on stupid things right? all the time. Man. Anyway, I guess that's uh, bold assumption. In retirement. <laughs> yeah. All right. Four hundred one k is gonna disappear. Well, I mean, when I say stupid things, I mean like an extra water ration. So you know, <laughs> <okay>. right. <laughs> I love the idea of your dad saying fungible. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Well. uh... Let's get into uh, what we watched recently, which for me is only two things, so this will be a 45-minute episode. One hopes. I went to a movie party at the Alamo Drafthouse last night, and whenever you hear movie party, you think, oh no, you're going to have like a lame host, to all bad jokes, and they're going to give away stupid little like knickknacks with a movie, and people are going to say the jokes with the movie is going to ruin it, and you think, oh god. The movie is Pulp Fiction. Now, Pulp Fiction is one of like the all-time great American pieces of cinema. Like this is the movie that got people into movies. It's a big thing. But I was like, I'm going to brave the elements. The elements being other people to see this on a big screen. This is this is like a big moment in history. I got to see this. And it was the best movie party I've ever been to. Like very very easily. And I have to admit, part of that is because. Basically, no one quoted along with the movie. Uh, I will make a small exception for the guy next to me, who, uh, he whispered almost every single line before it happened to his girlfriend. I think he was trying to show off that he knew the movie by heart, but it wasn't really intrusive. It was just kind of like, it was like a little funny every time. It's like, I think she knows. Like, she's seen the movie before. <laughs> she's indicated that she's seen it. Uh, but... Again, it wasn't, like, intrusive. Uh, as far as, like, little uh, things that they gave away, they gave away that uh, Z keychain that the guy actually has in the movie, which is already more money than what it... Chris, I'm starting to believe you actually like these movie parties. And as much as you shit on them all the time, that you are fucking lying. No, some of them I like. Some of them I like, but uh, some of them I've had, like, a not good time at. Uh, the one that was really the worst one was the Army of Darkness one, which almost turned me off them entirely. It was the one where people were <laughs> shooting off the fucking <laughs> Really, that one? I can't believe that. that. Who could have guessed? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that one. That I, You know what? It's the cap gun. Also, the fans were bad. But, uh... Already that Z keychain was like pretty cool. It's like wow, that's more money than usually spent. Because usually it's like dumb stuff. It's like I don't know, but a bunch of dumb stuff. Here's one of the things that they gave away. This is real. They gave away this coffee mug that says "Serious Gourmet Ship," which you can't really see because it's backwards on the webcam here. It says "Serious Gourmet Ship" on here, and yeah, it's a little small. Also, I have really big hands, so this looks like the world's smallest coffee mug. That's actually really cool. This is legit. This is made out of porcelain. And I'm, I should not drop this. I'm going to put this... Uh, I'm going to be really careful here. The other thing is I usually make fun of like the host because they always come out and they're like, What's up, Alamo Draft House? And it's like really annoying and they make a bunch of bad jokes and everything. They had a young woman come out. I believe her name is Megan. I'm not great with names, but I believe that was her name. She came out and she was really informative. She told me a lot of stuff I didn't even know about this movie. And uh, it really enhanced the atmosphere. I was happy to be informed by it. And we all had a really good time. But what really made it great, before I even get into the movie, uh, a special guest returned. So you may remember from the good showing of Army of Darkness that uh, one of my heroes of the week was Josh Brody for the way he dealt with this guy who was going, 
whoa during all the cool parts <laughs> that guy came back for pulp fiction <laughs> Now he was not. And yet you say this was good. <laughs> no, 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 dude, this is so fucking good. This guy was not going whoa during old, or maybe he was. I don't, maybe I didn't hear him go whoa because like the gunshots in that movie are really loud, which is like a really good example of the sound mixing. Getting into the movie here, this dude was laughing uproariously at everything that was even slightly funny, and I fucking loved it. That really enhanced it. That also meant he laughed at a lot of slurs. But you know what? Same. (laughs) It's always nice when somebody does that really loud. It's like, well, hey, it's not me. It's not me. It's that guy on the other side. Ah, Don't look at me. Parker, do you think they're going to do a movie party for waiting? (laughs) Dude, one of our new employees looks exactly like the new hire in waiting. And it is fucked me up. I've shown like five different people picture of it. It's really fucked them up. Alright, so <laughs> dead I might as well get into Pulp Fiction here, which is one of the most famous movies, and it's kind of tough to talk about it without saying things that everyone already knows about it, but goddamn, this movie's so fucking good, dude. It, I mean, it, who is the good person who's going to try to pretend, oh, I don't like Pulp Fiction? Like, Pulp Fiction fucking owns, dude. Uh, I could point you to like 200 of them. Unfortunately, one of the ones was like, I quoted like a little like letterbox review of some asshole who was just like, well, uh, Truffaut and Godard had already done it, but more interesting. That person's a liar. That, that person is lying. There's nothing that, I've seen almost everything that Truffaut and Godard have done. It wasn't anywhere near as good as Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction fucking rules. And the, the other, I mean, the guy said he uh, wasn't able to compose a shot. Fucking look at that movie. Incredible shot composition. That movie looks incredible. There are so many shots that, like, stick in my head, and they always will. I mean, the music, the characters, the writing, the storylines, the editing. The guy also criticizes the editing. The editing is extremely good in there. It's so action-packed. The movie is fucking phenomenal. I don't know if it's my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't know if I have a favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. It's always the last one that I watched. But Pulp Fiction, I fucking revere. But when I talk about Pulp Fiction as a movie that I revere, it especially is a movie that I saw in a movie theater. That movie came out in 1994. It's been some time, so I kind of wonder what it's like, you know, I was wondering up to the movie what it's like to watch it with uh, other people, because there are two scenes in particular that you're like, oh, that's going to be awkward. And one of them is the sodomy rape scene, which uh, that got a lot of nerves. That got a lot Please tell me the guy laughed really loudly during that. Uh, no, everyone did. There were a lot of, like, nervous giggles yeah, going around, which, I mean, how else are you going to deal with that? Like, come on. They're Tarantino fans, yeah, of course. Also they. that, too. Like, uh, and the other one is Quentin Tarantino's N-word r- rant scene, which uh, he just says the N-word a lot, which uh, the nervous giggles kind of die down a bit there, uh, which... Like, those are the things that you know, you remember. These are very famous things from the movie, or rather infamous scenes from the movie. You're just like, what are you going to say? You're going to have, like, someone stop the movie, someone come out to the front of the theater. This was made at a different time. We don't endorse, please don't quote along. You, you don't even, like, do that. You're just like, hey, it's part of the movie. It's whatever. Here's a scene you probably didn't remember. Uh, uh, honorable mention for a scene you didn't remember. They make a lot of other fucking, uh... What is it, Alex? Can you please let me know when they do a quote along for Jackie Brown so I can hear theater talk about dead gamer storage? Actually, I, I want to say the the Megan, the hostess, she she kind of went over the like you can quote along, she quote along, and she did like really, really like quiet and like under her breath that like no one noticed. I was like oh, I picked up on that. Thank you. Uh, they make a lot of uh, in Pulp Fiction. They do a lot of other racial slurs. They say "goop," they say "wetback," they say. Uh, some other ones in there, and people forgot about those. Yeah, people were you heard a couple other people going, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's only honorable mention." Here's the scene you all forgot about. It's the uh, scene with uh, Bruce Willis as the boxer, and he's got his wife uh, Fabian, who's I think French, and uh, it's just after the fight. Uh, it's just after he killed that guy in the ring, and he's showering. She's in the bathroom. She's brushing her teeth. And he's in the shower. And he says, hey, Fabian, can you hand me that towel to dry off? And she says, what towel? And he's like, the fucking dry one on the door, you retard. And <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm not even watching. It got me right now. Now, that's not it. That's not the, the scene you forgot about. The scene. She's oh, like, shit. She says, 
don't call me a retard. And he's like, uh, don't call me a retard. Uh, my name's Bobby. And people, people around us, it's, it's like a Bill Burr paper. People are like, Jesus Christ. What the fuck? So, it seems like people forgot about that scene. I thought it was really tasteless or after the sodomy scene that guy just went check please and walked out dramatically. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that just happened. <laughs> He's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> God, damn it. <laughs> Fuck, I am not gonna be able to talk that. <laughs> Uh, last quote about this is the first time I watched it this was actually remember we've always talked about on this podcast like uh, if the FBI is listening we're just joking downloading uh, 700 megabyte .avi files of movies and that's how we're like getting into them and we've had this thing sitting on our desktop for like whatever uh, Pulp Fiction was a notable exception that was one of the first movies I think it was the first movie I ever downloaded in HD so that could have been why the first time I watched it I was like holy shit even on a laptop this looks fucking good and on a movie screen, what I mean, come on. It, and, uh, yeah, it stuck with me. And the first time I watched it, I was like, this is so fucking cool. And I, and I made my brother watch it with me. And my brother always picks up on, like, the little stuff. And the little stuff is very, very funny to him. And there were two scenes in particular that, I don't know, really made us laugh while we, while we were watching it. It was uh, one of the scenes. I don't even know why this is funny. No one laughed at this in the theater. It was, uh, they're in a bar. It's uh, their jewels and uh, it's... And uh, there, Jules and uh, the other guy are like kind of laughing at Vince because he has to take out Mia Wallace on a date. And uh, Vince is like, "What? What's so funny? What's so funny?" To which Jules just kind of says, <laughs> "I got a piss." <laughs> and he just walks away, <laughs> which is a very Josh thing to laugh at. I don't understand why we just thought that was funny. But the other one actually cracked up the theater. It was like the biggest laugh of the theater. And I, I actually don't know why it's funny, just because it's, it's just a funny way to say something. It's the scene where Vince goes into Mia's apartment and he presses the intercom to talk to her. And uh, she says, uh, you have to press the button to talk. He's like, uh, where are you? And she's like, I'm in the bathroom getting ready. Uh, fix yourself a drink and uh, I'll be right down. And he presses button. He just goes up to the bike. He says, okay. And he walks away. And it's just the way that he says okay is really, really fun. So that stuck with me. Anyway, Pulp Fiction is a masterpiece. It's a... Uh, basically perfect and I, I really really like it so do you guys have any thoughts about Pulp Fiction before we move on to the next one it's uh very good yeah. thank you yeah you caught you covered him when you said all the slurs yes <laughs> cross them all off it's like alright go man he's behind you that's all I got uh, bingo okay cool <laughs> it's been about a decade for me yeah the, my uh, lasting memory is that uh a lot of that Bruce Willis stuff in the middle really dragged on, but, you know. You know, a lot of people don't like that baby. part. A lot of people say that's their least favorite part of the movie. I don't know. I think that's one of my favorite parts. I, I don't know if I have a favorite part, but uh, I don't I don't know if there's a single part I didn't enjoy. I thought it was just really well done. So, uh, moving on to the next one. As Parker mentioned, Nichelle Nichols passed away at the age of 89. I guess her death was probably overshadowed by uh, the death of Bill Russell. So she played uh, Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek, the original series, and uh, she was really a groundbreaker in terms of her role on there. And uh, she cleared the way for black women, not only in TV, but also she got women into NASA and people of color into NASA. And she she did a lot of stuff off the screen that was just as important as what she did on the screen. There are a couple of notable moments of fans uh, who encountered her. She was a very uh, attractive woman. Uh, one of her biggest fans was actually Martin Luther King Jr. She was thinking about quitting the series after the first season, and she went to a convention. She's like, uh, oh, there's this fan who wants to meet you. And she's like, oh, God, another one? And MLK walks up to her, and she's like, uh, yes, Reverend? And he's like, oh, you are great. You're the, uh, the Star Trek's the only show I'll let my kids watch because you're on it. It's great. And she's like, oh, I was actually thinking about quitting. And he's like, no, you will not quit. And she's like, okay, right, fine, whatever. So she stayed on the show because a man told her to. Anyway, uh, she, she really was uh, spectacular on that show. And I went to go see At the Alamo today, or I guess tonight, uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which I already saw in theaters at uh, 
uh, was it the other one I go to? The Angelica Mosaic of Fairfax, which I, I think I saw earlier this year. Guess what? It's still great. It's still better than literally anything Star Wars related has ever been. All right, Alex, what did you watch? Uh, before we get into that, I just uh, I had a thought. In in calling <laughs> Wrath of Khan better than every Star Wars movie, All right, show me where I think our new gimmick. I think our new gimmick should be rating movies on a scale of where they fall on the scale of Star Wars movies. I think that's a good idea. I think we could do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> going forward, we should rather than using a star system or rating out of ten, yeah. just go like, yeah, it's, it's it fits in somewhere between Solo and the Last Jedi. Like, ooh, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, you figure it out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, are you one of the people that likes Last Jedi? I don't know, man. You tell me. Go watch the movie and find out. Yeah. Just have to keep uh, a little heat scale for each one of us at the bottom of every upload so people know right, yeah, where yeah. on the Star Wars game. It changes oh, it, every month. He said it was slightly, slightly better than the holiday special, which is a compliment. Asterisk, he likes Rogue One this month. <laughs> Check again next month to see if he still does. Yeah. Alright, so I only watched one thing that I'm going to talk about here, but uh, it was a pretty good one. So allow me to set up a movie for you. as titled The Prophet, and also known as The Capital Conspiracy. Uh, so you guys are familiar with X-Files, right? You know. Yeah. Maybe you haven't watched it, but like you get the basic premise of like, this guy that, you know, works for the government that, you know, is convinced all this paranormal shit is real and... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so imagine that, except instead of just, you know, believing the truth is out there, this agent also has the ability to read minds. And also, he's played by Don the Dragon Wilson. All right, now we're in. <laughs> the streak continues, boys. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> I'm not going to watch this movie unless but, he roundhouse kicks someone. Well, there are less roundhouse kicks than you want. However, one person is roundhouse kicked off the top of a moving train. So, you know, your mileage may That's matter, worth at least 20 roundhouse kicks. I agree. And this is one of those movies that you can literally only find on YouTube. Yes. Like, does not exist on torrent sites. Does not exist on streaming. Go into go on to YouTube.com and type The Prophet 1999 full movie. And there it is for you. Audio mixing is like a fucking Christopher Nolan movie. You can't tell what the fuck anyone's saying since it's on YouTube. So you don't have subtitles. But if you try to turn it up, the second there's a shooting scene, you know you know exactly what's going to happen to everyone on your block. Uh, the the bad guy in this, well, one of the bad guys, because the bad guys are the government. Because apparently, the government created Don the Dragon Wilson's mind-reading powers in order to send him behind enemy lines as a child in Vietnam to hunt for POW camps with telepathy. Uh, don't know, but their top enforcer <laughs> looks like uh, like a fat Val Kilmer with a crew cut and it's pretty good um, I'm sure there's a plot to this movie that I'm missing but I, fuck if I know what it is uh, they're uh, like Don the Dragon Wilson's trying to track down the other people who can read minds and at at least 30 points during the movie if you think for one half of a second you would go wait why doesn't he just read this person's mind why is this a scene but don't worry about it. Uh, you think that roughly 50 times, and then there is one scene where he takes the bullets out of his partner's gun because he was worried that she was going to betray him. And she's like, oh my god, how could you do this to me? And he's like, well, I did it in case I was wrong about you. But I'm never wrong. And then hits her with a broom and walks out of the room, <laughs> and she's never seen again. <laughs> So what I'm saying is it's good. Uh, well, it's the how good? On a scale of Star Wars, we're, we're how good <laughs> Yeah, where's the call? Um, so I'm going to say it's it's better than The Force Awakens, but worse than Solo. I can live with that. Yeah, all right. I think. Actually, unfortunately, I know exactly where that falls, too. <laughs> don't you hate that you know that? Yes! Don't you hate that all of us know where the scale is for everyone else? <laughs> Yeah, 
it's it's this is gonna be a great topic of discussion when we finally watch like a really shitty movie together oh right yeah. we have to argue like where it falls in between the last jedi and the third one um which i already forgot the name of i'm just looking at that oh yeah yeah that the new predator movie Rise coming out this weekend right. yeah. is gonna be landed somewhere oh, right. on that list i forgot about that i mean every movie lands somewhere on the <laughs> list if you think about it but uh <laughs> yeah that's it for me parker what do you have for us oh buddy <clears throat> well i haven't been talking about our entire harry potter watch because i've talked about the movies at length already but now that we're done watching someone watch these movies who's never read a page of the books deathly hollows is fucking incomprehensible and god awful <laughs> that movie both of them absolutely wretched because like we all we've read the books because we're big fucking losers we know what got cut out we can fill in the blanks this poor girl sitting there watching like wait so what are the horcruxes am i it doesn't fucking matter don't worry this whole movie doesn't matter because they're gonna find a like a book and a locket and a sword and they're gonna be like all right cool uh we're two hours into part one so here's the three things you actually need. These are the real magic items. Here's the strongest wand in the whole world. Also, the franchise is over. Uh, she was not a fan of how it ended, as it turns out. You don't say. <laughs> it's It's been very enjoyable for me watching that perspective of someone like, wait, who the fuck is, is Dobby that weird thing from the second one? You're like, yeah. You haven't seen him since Chamber of Secrets, have you? Now his death is a big emotional moment to end the part one. Oh, God. I, you know, every single time someone brings up Dobby, I'm just like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to reread those books anytime soon. No. Nor should you. Like, watching her watch this, and it gets to the very end, and you're like, yeah, so you see, actually, all the stuff you just watched, um, it didn't matter, because, see, um... He thought it was his wand, but the wand didn't answer to him. It actually answered to uh, Draco, because Draco disarmed Dumbledore. And then Harry beat Draco in the duel, so the wand was his, so he was able to beat him. Haha! Isn't that a cool ending? <laughs> Isn't that satisfying to have, oh, uh, well, actually, ipso facto, the wand belongs to Harry. And then that's how the big bad guys vanquish, and then the movie just ends five minutes later. Man. I cannot... Does, does the movie get the epilogue? It remember. sure does. Yeah, it does, yeah. Oh, she has spent God. her entire life, again, like, had no idea Snape killed Dumbledore. She didn't know what a Dumbledore was. Like, just no basis for anything except, like, I know his name is Harry Potter and there's magic. That's what I know. So, the last thing she saw was Albus Severus Potter, and then it cut to black. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching the light leave her eyes of like, why the fuck did we watch eight of these movies? Why is this the most popular thing in the world still? Who cares? It is beautiful. Watching her go through the same feeling we all went through of like, wait, did they all just die off screen? Why does this battle suck so much? Because boy, we have to split these two movies up because we have to have the big battle at Hogwarts. Could not be less memorable. I cannot think of a less meaningful battle in any of these big fantasy movies. Everyone that's not the three main characters is just off-screen the entire time. They just run through it while incomprehensible CGI shit flies around them. Nothing happens, and then, like, five characters die off-screen. They just walk up like, oh, damn, there's Lupin's corpse. That sucks. Well, anyways, I have to go to the forest now. It is insane how bad of an ending this is. Luckily, she was just able to binge through it in, like, two weeks instead of spending her entire adolescence waiting for it to wrap up. And, uh, she, yeah, I'm still did, bitter about it. Did she want to watch this? Did she request to ask uh, this? I just, yeah, this was her request. Oh, I was gonna say. Yeah, it's just, like, it reaches a point where you seem like, okay, this is big, but, you know, it'll go away. And it just never, ever, ever went away. Yeah. So it's just, she just threw her hands up, like, they're all on HBO, like, fuck it, let's just watch them so I know what people are talking about and now she's more confused as to why anyone cares about this bullshit yeah there's always like that sense of like historicity that sense of cultural awareness that like if someone doesn't know what Harry Potter is they probably should know just because everyone else knew and 
something you could talk about at the office, I guess, that Game of Thrones sort of shit. But, like, I, it, I wouldn't be like, you've never seen Harry Potter, and then make them watch it for two weeks, unless they were a willing participant, in which case, hey, it's your own fault now. I mean, like, I read Deathly Hollows like, two, maybe three years ago. I watched the movie after that, and then I just watched it again. Put a gun to my head, ask me what the seven horcruxes are. I've got three, maybe four. I don't think I, I can name one. Absolutely. Of all of the books, to be like, no, this is where we have to keep every plot point. It is. Oh, one was the diary, right? In the second yeah. movie. Uh-huh. Oh! Oh! Yeah, it's, I, I, well, like, aren't aren't four of them the stupid fucking the things from the leaders of each house? Like, Yeah, but don't ask me what they are. Books. I think one's like a necklace, one's like a cup, I think. It's, one's a diadem, I think. Oh, four's uh, diadem. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Parker, when are yeah, you going yeah, to take course. the lovely little lady over to England? <sighs> Man. Uh, good news, Chris. That play is actually coming to the States. Oh, Uh-oh. Parker, when are you bringing her to Broadway? Uh-oh. I, uh, oh, no, no, not Broadway. No, no. <laughs> Parker no, can't no. It. It's, it's touring all of the dumpster cities like ours. Oh, good. Even better. I, I'm and rooting for no your teams, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. And uh, the final note about all the characters is, boy, she was shocked by how he has negative chemistry with Ginny the entire series. And there's yeah, like, no kidding. And they're married now. It's like, what? <laughs> Who is that? Why is she dressed like just Peggy? Why? That's how all British relationships are. <laughs> also, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. It's like, oh, I hope you enjoyed sitting through all these. Uh, they both married the first people they ever kissed and then had kids. And they look like 19-year-olds dressed as their parents because CGI ain't there yet. Every British relationship is trying to figure out how to hold hands. (laughs) Man, what a what a bad fucking series. Yeah, I I don't like like the third one. Yeah, whatever. But even like the last two movies, like I hate that I have to say the last two movies, but like for now, (laughs) book seven just fucking sucks. It's it's bad, and like you can't just change the whole thing. I mean, you could, but. People Not while well she's watching. Not while well like, she's got yeah, the EP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You, I bet money that there was a contract. Like, oh no, no, this epilogue will be in this movie. You of have course, yeah. To again, and she's the executive producer. There's no way that she's gonna be like, yeah, just fucking change the words that I wrote and made me billions of dollars. Like even fucking all of Goku's shitty little friends got to at least beat up henchmen. <laughs> it's literally just the three of them just run around and go, "Okay, this crazy battle's happening. Wish you guys could see it." Now we have to go find a book. You're like absolutely, yeah, yeah it was fuck boring yourself. in the book too, dude. What is it? Alex? Oh yeah, Alex, you have a question. Uh, Harry posted a new story. I think we need to post okay, it. Okay, I'm gonna go and check over here real quick. Thank you so much. So, can I read this? Uh, hang on, let me find my Harry voice. Wait, this is just a Rugrats episode. Wait a second, is it? Yeah, yeah it is! What the like... fuck? Hang on, let me... <laughs> oh my god, if he deletes it, I forget. <laughs> no, I'm doing it right now. I'm going to the Rugrats, Rugrats wiki. There we go. Oh god. <laughs> Light him up, boys! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, ask him what Angelica said. <laughs> I will not bully my adult son. He was sitting next to me at Wrath of Khan. <laughs> that wasn't at your joke. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at. He's right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> I'm just staring at my phone like that. Might, that's that that's one of the funniest things I've ever heard on this fucking thing. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to go boop, and then it's like, what are you, what are you talking about, Rugrat? So, uh, I want to, before we go on to, uh, Parker, I think you said that was the only thing you watched? I've got one other thing to talk All right, about. Before you get on to that, uh, a user by the name of Acrobat Dog on the Rugrats Wiki says, The weirdest thing, both weirdest and thing are both capitalized, about this episode, I thought that Tommy, Phil, and Lil, and Angelica were really shrunk and went inside Chucky. One of the Fantastic Voyage episodes in cartoons made me remember a first watch fantastic voyage when i was really little but was afraid of the movie but i enjoyed it when i'm older same with the rugrats episode and infinity turtle hd says is chucky some sort of cyborg uh nah, we're gonna go after go over to nelson mandela's house and ask him what he yeah. thinks about this and put up an order card real quick <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Parker, what else did you watch? I'm just thinking about Josh swallowing a watermelon seed so we can get free watermelon. <laughs> Damn it, now we can't cut this. <laughs> I, I know, dude. That's a joke. Just carrying Still it full this. term for months and months. <laughs> hey, Chris, I'm in prank. Josh, please. <laughs> shit those out. I'm begging you. I'm watermelon pranking. That just, that's an abortion right there. <laughs> oh, we can't do that anymore. Ugh. I'm so sorry. I just want to briefly talk about um, one of the weirdest sequels that should not exist. It kind of doesn't exist because no one remembers that it came out either earlier this year or last year. Chris, are you aware that Don't Breathe 2 exists and is released and can be watched anywhere? Unfortunately, I am aware of this. I have not seen it yet. So I I remember watching (laughs) Don't Breathe 1 in theaters. I was like, dude, this is like such a good fucking movie. Then Dope Breed 2 came out, and, and I missed it in theaters. I missed that opportunity. There's like a really small... I don't know. Was that COVID? Was that the COVID year where it came I out? Think it's all did one of you dickheads assign me this? I did. And not yeah. yet. Well, I mean, that was a mistake okay, assigning okay. you anything. You're not going to ever see it. Anyway, yeah. Oh, watch yeah. me, fucker. Uh-huh. Yeah, Dope Breed 2. <laughs> yeah, get ready for his four-hour episode. I'm sure you will. Anyway, Dope Breed 2. I missed the window to see it, and uh, I, I don't know. I really wanted to, but... I also felt like a story that didn't really need to be revisited. So, Parker, I guess you did watch it. How was it? What if I told you that the blind man is a little anti-hero who just wants to protect this little girl from these bad men breaking into the house? No, 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 movie, no! You're supposed to cheer for this dude no. and you're just sitting there watching like, wait, he did many crimes and murders and sexual assaults. But yeah. it's okay, Chris, because he's killing the bad guys. No, you can't just. <laughs> it is one of the most misguided things I've ever seen in my life. Is it by the same guy? Did he do this? He like produced it. Oh, so he was just like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll draw a check from this. Uh, it's directed by a guy who wrote and produced a lot of uh, Fetty Alvarez's movies. Oh well, but it is insane. But also, it's incredibly violent real like 70s exploitation vibes of like oh here's this absolute monster it doesn't matter we're never gonna reference that movie don't worry about it he's the good guy now he's like daredevil and he just fucking murders these asshole 20 year old uh organ harvesters who are trying to kidnap this little girl you know this dumber than shit this smells like one of those things where they're trying to create not a horror franchise necessarily, but a horror icon like Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, shit like that. And this is going to be like their new, I don't know, Jigsaw or whatever. And this is going to be a guy we're going to bring back in Don't Breathe 7 or something. And this is how they edit their characters. Same thing with fucking Pinhead in uh, those fucking movies. And I think that's that sounds like what they were going for. And now I don't want to see this movie anymore. Correct. Stephen Lang is not that old. He looks 175. He looks ancient. <laughs> and for, like, large chunks in the movie, you're watching, like, wait, isn't he blind? Like, how is he doing this so easily? <laughs> like, I know they're making loud sounds and all that, but, like, he has daredevil powers, and then he gouges a guy's eyes out. Like, it's a bad movie, but also it has, like, a scene that made me so uncomfortable I could feel my heartbeat racing like when I exercise (laughs) (laughs) when I do this thing I definitely do yeah totally I don't know what to think because it's bad it's incredibly not good but there were at least three or four kills where I was like oh goddamn," which is more than I (laughs) get out of a lot of shit well the thing is you're a horror fan so that uh that's what it gets you going I mean, it's definitely uh, it's definitely above uh, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely above Episode Nine and all that. Um, uh, you gotta, you know, you forgot to rank the Deathly Hallows movies, yeah. buddy. Oh fuck, yeah, you're right. Oh, all right, let's take a pause here. We're gonna yeah. put eight <laughs> Harry Potter's into to, nine it, it Star depends, Wars. Though. It's, it's important to remember this is our scale. This is not Joel's girlfriend's scale or wife's okay. scale. So Empire Strikes Back. Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> New hope. I love the idea that this is going to turn into a scale with 75 movies on it. It has to. Everybody has to check their fucking notes every time. So I'm going to go uh, higher than Empire, but below Heat. Uh, where do you guys have this ranked? <laughs> this is an incredibly good bit. I look forward to running it to the ground. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. such a good idea. But yeah, um... 
It's a movie that does not exist. No one remembers it. If you have any interest in it, you were going to watch it anyways. If you have no interest in it, you are missing absolutely nothing. Thanks, stars. Appreciate it. Ugh. Imagine the look on my face when I was like, alright, what's new? Oh, that's out. <laughs> well, I've got 90 minutes to kill before we record. Glad I missed this one. I'll tell you that Absolutely. Much. Yeah. You know what I'm happy I watched is Tiger Claws and Tiger yeah. Claws the second. <laughs> So, when we first conceived this episode, we were like, well, there's, I think Alex, you mentioned that, like, Tiger Claws 1, there's not quite as much to talk about, but Tiger Claws 2 is really the, the meat on the bone. I feel like we can talk a little bit about both here, you know? Because uh, there are a couple. Oh, that, we definitely. I mean, any movie where the plot involves a serial killer murdering martial artists, like, everyone we has that 20 minutes easily. Yeah. yeah. So, the thing about Tiger Claws is it stars three people in particular. Uh, the first person it stars is a guy whose name already escapes me, but his moniker does not. This guy is nicknamed Beirut's Steven Seagal. And uh, he's... You know, that's, that's spot yeah, on, honestly. He's the, I think he's the writer on this. I know he's the, the lead star of both movies. And, and executive producer and, and the man who created the production company that put yeah. these movies out. <laughs> if you're wondering why he has so much to do in the second one, despite being the worst martial artist on screen at any given time. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I'll tell you what, the good thing is that he did learn to speak English in between the movies, so I appreciate that. <laughs> He's incomprehensible in the first yeah. one. I straight up don't know what he was fucking trying to say. I've seen this movie twice now, and I could not tell you a single thing yeah. about his character. Now, second build on here is a young woman by the name of Cynthia Rothrock. And when her name came on for the credits, I was like, wait, I've heard that before. Where do I know the name Cynthia Rothrock? I'm watching the movie, and it's still like the back of my mind. I was like, where the hell do I know that name? I know I've heard someone say that before. And then it hit me. One of the four times that I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once at the Alamo, part of the pre-show, uh, Michelle Yeoh would say that she was in a movie with Cynthia Rothrock. And I thought back to the movie. That movie is called Yes, Madam. And it looked really kick-ass, so that's going on the watch list. And uh, Cynthia Rothrock is really good in this. I looked up her Wikipedia. It turns out she's actually good at martial arts. So I'm glad. Wait, is this your first Cynthia Rothrock movie? I think so, yeah. Hell yeah. Was she, was she in anything else I should have seen by now? Uh, you will. Uh, well, yeah. Depends yeah, on how you define <laughs> it. Okay, There's next week's episode. Next week's episode. Should yes, see now. and will see are very different. Yeah. Well, that's true, especially with this show, yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. She is in that movie where Don the Dragon Wilson gets sucked into a GameCube. <laughs> I just put that out there. Well, I I think I actually have that game. So anyway, well anyway, the third build is someone I definitely knew the name of. That was Bolo Young. So uh, just a recurring guest on this show. This uh, fucking dude looks like younger Tiguro. This whole movie yeah. is so cool. <laughs> I gotta tell you, there's a there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I feel like is worth skipping over. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning that didn't really like feel like it's worth mentioning but what was worth worth mentioning is parker did you ever watch a show called dragon ball z there's a character on there uh-huh. called hercule satan anyway he's in yeah. this movie as bill pickles and he <laughs> slices a watermelon in half that's balanced on a woman's thorax with a ninja sword <laughs> dude the fucking existential crisis just sent me into of like i was born too late this should have been me I should have been born in 1975, spent my entire 30s as a strip mall karate guy. I'm filming weapon tutorials. I'm selling nunchucks to fat kids next to the Wetzel's Pretzels. Got a Tom Selleck mustache. Doing that sweet, sweet 80s coke. It's it's fucking not fair, man. Yeah. I, You've got a mullet and people say it's pretty rad instead of... They want to run their hands it? through it. Yeah. <laughs> I wore my black belt everywhere yeah. over my Wranglers. Anyway, this guy gets this guy gets killed. Very unfair. They kill off the best character in the movie. It's because he's too good at martial arts. That's right. They had to a threat to the series. Yeah. Well, kill. the thing is, they kill him off screen, and I'm pretty sure they had to use a gun on this motherfucker. There's no way he could beat this guy's technique. All right, technique is everything. He says it. It's all CGI. Uh, you know, you yeah. can do it. You, yeah. You say that, but uh, that's when you're not considering 
the concept of tiger style. So, <laughs> well, Parker, <laughs> you're an true. experienced martial artist. Uh, how does the tiger style? <laughs> how does the how does the tiger style? Sorry, let me try again. How does the tiger style combat the twenty-seven foot rule? It's 21 foot. Uh, when mom would drop me off at cry practice and say, <laughs> you better be here when I get back, you little shit, and then peel out of the parking lot. Um, my friends and I would try many styles, such as uh, trying to do horong kicks and then getting tripped and punched in the nose. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but I feel like it gives you uh, a good insight. Did, did anybody ever master the, the world's greatest fighting style, that of Eddie Gordo? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly tried and hurt myself several times. <laughs> And then Do I you hit think puberty, you could have beaten Mark and then Brennan? I got fat. <laughs> I, Nobody actually fights in Tekken. <laughs> You're right. I did try and master Neo footwork, but it's just not to be done, unfortunately. Well, uh, unfortunately, all this conversation will basically be cut because there's a cop in this movie who says, and I actually had to write this down. This is all nonsense. Martial arts is a bunch of crap. <laughs> I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> this, this dude loves guns. Uh, a, a recurring theme for the guys in this in this movie series, by yeah. the way. Now, up to this point, I was just like, who is Cynthia Rothrock? Who is Cynthia Rothrock? Was she a famous model? Was she a famous actress? What is this? And she delivers three really quick punches to his face, chest, and testicles. And I'm just like, oh, no, she actually knows what she's doing. Now you've got my attention. So I was like, okay, so it turns out martial arts is not, in fact, uh, a bunch of crap. So she's she's like, I think that whoever is doing this is killing these people off because they're martial arts masters. And her boss tells her, you're an idiot. So anyway, she's uh, not on. She goes out to investigate this. How'd she investigate this? She goes to another another member of the force. I forget the guy's name. The Beirut uh, Stephen Seagal, who got suspended for being bad at police work. And uh, she... <laughs> I think that's what it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> they find him on a boat like, we need a martial arts expert. Yeah, she goes up to him, so do you know how to punch and kick people? And, and uh, he's just like, yeah. And uh, she's like, can you take a look at these pictures and see how they're killed? The guy's got, like, claw marks in his cheek. And he's just like, ah, it was tiger claw style. And she says, how do you know it was tiger claw style? After showing him these pictures with a, with a guy with, like, claw marks in his, in his cheek... And he just says, I used to practice it myself, and they don't put the cuffs on him. <laughs> and I kind of feel like that's what I would do there. Yeah, you just roll credits. Yeah, you, you pretty <laughs> much can. Uh, so, so he gets... Because, like, half of these kills are in POV of the killer. So they're, like, playing it fast and loose, like, who could be the Tiger-style master... And then Bolo Young just appears. <laughs> You're like, I guess I wonder who it is. Probably that guy. <laughs> the guy that looks like a living anime character. Anywhere. Yeah, so anyway, uh, they take a break monster. from investigating the Sifu killer, which is what I'm calling him internally, and they decide that they're going to watch a martial arts competition. I'm not going to call it a tournament because there's only two guys. And the entire crowd is doing the Space Jam and New Legacy thing where they're just going like this the whole time. And I, I'm not sure if they're, like, giving him technique advice as how to, you know, punch him like that or something. Uh, but anyway, one guy wins and one guy loses. While they're watching it, the Beirut Steven Seagal is, is standing there watching and going, hmm, very interesting. And some dude shows up next to him with, like, a, a scar from, like, Tiger Claws in his cheek. And the Beirut Steven Seagal looks at him and just like, oh, that must be the killer. Because he's also got claw marks in his cheek. He must have done it to himself <laughs> to throw me off the scent. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the guy who spray painted Black's rule on his driveway. <laughs> oh, that's weird. The guy next to me must have moved the sofa. <laughs> I thought it was really, really fucked up when Daniel Jones walked into the theater and just pegged a football. At him. <laughs> Started throwing football. <laughs> oh no, no, he's over there. He's over there. <laughs> I watch Star Trek. I'm intelligent. Ah, ah, fuck. <laughs> It's actually, uh, I like sci-fi. It's a social comedy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was covered. What the fuck? <laughs> well, special needs kid just immediately puts ignorance. his hand up like Randy Moss and runs right by. <laughs> <laughs> like, <wait a> second. <laughs> We're both like in line to, to walk to our seats, and you just see the hand go up. And you're just like, no, come on. <laughs> So the movie ends because I can't think of anything else. 
Yeah, there's I a bunch the of like speed kicks and everything. It's like really shitty has, martial like, arts. <laughs> everyone has the three claw marks, and then you finally watch Bolo Young kill someone. He's like, oh, he's just using his fingers. It's yeah, a really good just, reveal. Yeah, he just did like, like oh, what kind of weird shredder claw? Like, no, he just he just scratches at him. <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was like a reference to Enter the Dragon. You know, like the the main bad guy in Enter the Dragon actually has the tiger claws. And Bolo Young's in that movie. It was like, oh, was that like a thing? I don't think so. I have a feeling that the uh, Beirut Steven Seagal just wanted his uh, own movie. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that guy even knew about Tiger Style. Like, it's an ancient <laughs> art that's been lost for thousands of years. Well, <laughs> you're right, Alex. It's you know, it's thousands of years old. How do we get it into our timeline? Well, do you have any ideas? <laughs> <laughs> perhaps perhaps we uh we could find the surviving masters and use them to open a time portal back to the Qing dynasty. <laughs> or to put it more simply, we could make a second Tiger Claws movie. <laughs> I love the episode where Tommy's grandpa tells him about the Qing dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> That's for after they go to bed. So I didn't anyway, take any medicines. <laughs> <laughs> this has gone horribly off the rails. <laughs> uh, Second Tiger Claws two. Second Tiger Claws two. Bolo Young is in prison. He's achieved perpetual post nut clarity since getting arrested. Uh, he could sit there and take a bunch of like little bamboo sticks to the back of his neck and he's totally fine uh, I still don't understand how this guy got arrested exactly like, yeah because the first movie but like fucking yeah like that. fucking what handcuffs are gonna hold this guy have you seen how big like this is a thing that literally everyone has, who's ever seen Bolo Young has said but look how fucking big that guy is He's insane. Enormous. I mean, this fucking when he's doing that scene that they show. Which, by the way, they show it in Tiger Claws One, and they reshow it in, in Tiger Claws Two. Because why the fuck wouldn't you? Him surrounded by all the candles, and him just going like, it, it literally it sounds like a transform. It doesn't even sound like a transform. It sounds like a shotgun when it goes like this. This goes like, and I'm just like, ah. There are several scenes in. Tiger Claws 1 especially, that just look like a Tekken intro cinematic. Yeah. Of just a dark room <laughs> punching candles. Yeah. And it's incredibly good. Uh, we buried the leader. Uh, Tiger Claws 2 opens like a slasher movie, where the first five minutes is just highlights of all of his kills with Tiger Roar superimposed. Yeah. It's which, the best start to any movie I've ever I, seen. I thought before. that was a really good uh, effect. I also like that the music was by the guy who did the music for Twin Peaks. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> A gig's a gig. Yeah. Angelo Badalamenti, uh, which is probably not how you say it, but uh, also, fuck yeah, I care. So it's the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> not much happens in this movie. This movie sort of begins like kind of like Kiss of Death. There's a bunch of guys with guns. They're going to go on a score or something. And I was just like, what am I watching here? And I was close to falling asleep. And then the Trenchcoat Mafia shows up. Oh and gosh, I was like, yes. oh, because, like, they're, Bolo Young is being transferred from prison. I think he's going to get on the same plane as Nick Cage and John Malkovich. And these two guys come in wearing trench coats. One of them is a short little Asian guy. He's got, like, uh, round sunglasses like John Lennon. The other guy is tall, and he's... Parker, no offense. He's got his tall, long hair. You know, looks kind of stupid. He's got an eye patch on. And yeah, dude. they call him Patch. Uh, which is... <laughs> it feels like a very Three loco sort of nickname. And... Uh, they they have a really ingenious way of breaking Bolo Young out of custody. They pull out some shotguns and they shoot the police in the police station. This is a martial arts movie. As they should. Yeah. I mean, Whoa, okay. We don't try to get a political one. Crime with your fist takes way longer. Yeah. So uh, they bust him out. Why do they bust him out? Because he's part of a larger deal that they're going to... There's some sort of Chinese mafia shit. I wasn't really sure what was going on. This feels like best of the worth, like, four and a half. Uh, I just remembered that there was a scene where Bolo Young was serving French fries to cops. I, uh... <laughs> and he, the know, thing is, when I say he's I serving French fries that. to cops, it doesn't really paint the scene because he's like, oh, just big muscly guy just handing French fries to cops. Like, no, 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 no. He's got the little hat. Let me... He's got this little hat on and he gives them French fries. Could you imagine if Bolo Young was in Good Burger? <laughs> Which, by the way, are you going to go to the Alamo showing of it? It's Wednesday night. Uh, if, if I'm not working, yeah. then almost definitely. Yeah, dude, I, I'm kind of interested. It's at the uh, film oh, club okay. thing, so I, I've never been able to make the film club. So 
is that just the one over there, or is it all? Uh, I, th- I think it's that one in Woodbridge. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm probably not going to go then because I don't want to get in the that's, car. That's fair. That's fair. Anyway, if, uh, if Kurt threatened to put me in the grinder and just pointed to Bolo Young's shirt, <laughs> <with the sucking laughs> it was the best employee you've ever seen. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, instead of instead of Kel, it's Bolo Young, and he's like, "Well, here's the thing, Ed." You're gonna do- <laughs> Bolo Young Come on, tell me what's in the sauce. In okay, the okay, okay. <laughs> Bolo Young spinning around the smoothie machine and going, "Look at me, I'm grape nose." <laughs> He's doing a lot. For no, me. instead of Abe Vigoda, it's Bolo Young. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. Yeah. What if, what if we just digitally edited out the Nickelodeon pedophile and put Bolo Young? In I'm the really happy that they. <laughs> no, dude. Instead of Shaq, it's Bolo Young. He consider yourself tomatoed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, ah! you keep you keep the Dan Schneider voice, but it's just Bolo Young walking. Keep the Dan Schneider voice Come as a good on, one. Yeah. <laughs> We're not gonna take this line down. <laughs> this guy, whose biceps are too big for his fucking shirt. <laughs> All right, Mr. Young. On this scene, you're gonna meet George Clinton, and you guys are gonna have an elaborate dance. <laughs> Does he have? He, he plays the Kel's love interest instead. <laughs> Dude, he you better watch your butt, th- man. He fucking flies over that counter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it because I'm black? <laughs> All right, that's the actual best on. line in that movie. <laughs> now I'm thinking about Bull Young with cornrows. <laughs> all, right, all right, before we, before we move on, Bolo Young is Sinbad. Okay, continue. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine Sinbad wrecking Bolo, Bolo Young's car? <laughs> Dude, I would just volunteer to get a job at Good Burger. You'll need the I, scene where he asks me to pay for. I would sprint like, into oncoming traffic. I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> He's just doing the Terminator run right behind you. <laughs> Kurt must look awfully strange, naked. <laughs> see, see, that's the thing about Bolo Young and Enter the Dragon. He doesn't actually have any lights. He just goes ah to everyone the whole time. Yeah, right, next week's episode, good burger. I'm in. Have we already done that? I feel like we've already. I was gonna say. I was gonna mention the cross-dressing scene. I forgot. We've already seen Bolo Young in a dress on this podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, like we've already done months. it. Yeah. All right. That's this. What a good this, show, this show we have. Right. Yeah. So uh, good show this is. <laughs> So we might as well just skip to the third act. Fucking Joel's girlfriend just slammed the fucking car radio off. Some friends you have there, Joel. Some friends you have there. I've never even been to Apcon. Well, it kind of looks like when Squidward gets locked in the Krabby Patty vault, but like reverse. Yeah, bro, <laughs> it's all that's, upper body. that's a good point. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> So they so open the an interdimensional, <laughs> yeah. So they open an interdimensional portal with a martial arts tournament to uh, transfer from the Qing Dynasty. Uh, their Chinese lineage. Uh, Alex, can you explain how this works? Okay, so uh, the first thing that's important to note is that everyone in the movie does, in fact, understand that a time portal back in time is going to be opened by this tournament. However. All of the fighters are convinced they're doing it so they can get better connected with their ancestors, the Shaolin monks. But in reality, the Chinese mafia is trying to send a bunch of assault rifles and artillery pieces back to the Qing dynasty so they can take over the world. So the the end credits roll. (laughs) (laughs) Like the first hour is like, ah, this gangster who looks like me but in better shape with a cool ponytail. It's like, ah... You're supposed to pay me this much for the weapons. You get the weapons when I get the money. And he's like, ah, you'll get the money when I get the weapons. And then there's cops investigating. And you don't care. And then it's like, right. all right, cool. So now it's a tournament. These guys are going to run through a Nickelodeon game show set with fog machines. And then these people are going to draw straws and kick each other in the face for 15 minutes. This guy's good. neck, by the way. The, this other guy, this fourth character who enters, this stranger. This guy's neck is like Takeo's spikes. It looks like this. And I'm just like, whoa. It's like highlighting a weak spot on a boss. (laughs) I kind of want to see Bolo Young just try to punch that guy in the head. It's it's the most rote, like, 
Ah, oh, these cops are investigating these bad guys. I hope they get into a bunch of martial arts battles in abandoned warehouses full of boxes full of packing peanuts. And then it's just like, cool, so we've gathered you here. The portal will be opening henceforth. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, there's some guy who's basically Raiden from Mortal Kombat who's trying to train him in how to defeat Tiger. I don't even know why they call it Tiger Claws, by the way, because there's barely any Tiger style in it. But whenever there is a Tiger style kill, it's just Bull Young going up to someone's face and going like, while you hear... In the background. <laughs> so well, Chris, it would be unrealistic to have a lot of Tiger style in this movie after it was defeated so soundly in the first movie. Yeah, which is so, why they're trying oh, to bring I it just, back. You know, so, the police. <laughs> I guess in Tiger Claws 3, now that they have the portal, there's going to be more uh, Tiger style in that movie. So, uh, there's ghosts. Yeah, well, there's ghosts. ghosts. All right, well, in that case, Zach Baggins in uh, Tiger Claws 3. Oh, my God. Don't, oh God, don't make a girl a promise you can't keep. Shouldn't, shouldn't have said that. Anyway, uh, yeah, that was a that was a pretty insane ending. Uh, I was very happy when that portal finally opened. I was like, oh my god, they're actually doing this because there is a certain moment where they're in this like little fucking dungeon or wherever they are that they're like hopping back and forth on like these like wooden stumps. And it's just like, isn't this a scene for Big Trouble, Little China? The low pan's <laughs> gonna come in there <laughs> and start going like this to beat the guy. I mean, three quarters of this movie take place Souls in the shrine of the guys. Silver Monkey. Put the oh yeah, that's. That <laughs> I was. I just got it. Anyway, uh, yeah, it really does feel like this is an abandoned like set that's like too cheap for most like kids' cartoon shows. Kirk Fogg would never. And then it ends with them going back in time in the movie. So you're like, oh damn, wonder what that means. Oh yeah, you have a question. That's the tea, sis.